The Boundless Pursuit Podcast is proudly sponsored by Built Wild DNA. Fuel your day on the water in a constructive and healthy way. Energy and fitness supplements designed with the outdoorsman in mind. Get your physicality in line with your mentality and maximize your time on the water. Use promo code BOUNDLESSPURSUIT for 10% off of your next order at BuiltWildDNA.com. Welcome to Boundless Pursuit, a weekly podcast providing motivation, entertainment, and education to anglers and outdoorsmen. I hope that the stories you'll find here will encourage you to chase your passion more fervently, to open your mind to new opportunities and perspectives. Your engagement and feedback is critical to the growth of this show, and I would love to hear your suggestions on topics or potential guests. You can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com or at my website, www.boundless-pursuit.com. That's where you'll find all related articles, media, and merchandise. Please remember, the show will gain traction from your support. Be sure to like, comment, and share this podcast to your friends and connections. I'm your host, David Graham. Now let's get on to today's episode. For some, the risk of failure that comes with the pursuit of a new species of fish in unfamiliar waters across multiple state lines is enough to keep them at home specializing in one or a few different kinds of fish. But for others, the travel bug buzzes too loudly, and the next fish, the next location, is simply just the next level in the game. And for Mike Bresnicki, striped bass and snakeheads close to home are awesome, but the idea of packing out the vehicle with fishing gear and the kayak is greater. And Bresnicki, often accompanied by his biologist girlfriend, Caitlin, spends much of the year on the road, coursing game plans for new challenging species. I'm very interested in these guys, how they weigh risk and reward, and what features that a fish must have that's enough to draw them away from their home and their pursuit. I've followed Mike Bresnicki now long enough to admire his pursuits for freshwater fish like monster lake trout, muskie, carp, gar, peacock bass, regular bass, and bowfin, just to name a few. And that's on top of the saltwater scene for fish like sailfish, tarpon, sharks, and barracudas. And he's doing this largely by kayak, from the shore, from boats, every which way. Bresnicki is a northeastern guy that's just simply polished his fishing skills cross-regionally for all kinds of fish. And his success is a testament to good game planning, partnerships, research, and intangible skills like grit and hard work. This is Tight Lines Philly, Mike Bresnicki. Yeah, just, yeah, 10 years, dating, you know. That's pretty Not cool, married, bro. but, uh, yeah, she you, brings uh, it up. I don't know how you did it, but somehow, some way, it's like hard enough to even. And by the way, we're we're recording. I I, I don't I don't ever just have like a definitive start. We talk. Oh yeah, it's whatever I think is a good point to start. Like that's where I begin. But um, yeah, dude, I I, I follow a lot of awesome people on like Instagram, social media, like people like I feel like I use social media for what it's supposed to be used for to to like. I don't know. Like I, I want to be encouraged to go do trips. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah, it's like learn a lot, meet good I people. I don't, I don't want to follow somebody that is like a pro. You know what I mean? Like I mean, right. I like to see those guys. It's cool, but I want to follow somebody that's like, man, like it. You know, this, this just seems like some, some dude that's out there getting after it. 
and catching fish and like like you know, then I see you hauling your kayak and hauling your gear in the back of your car all over the country, catching all these <laughs> giant fish. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, this dude's awesome. Like, that's the kind of stuff I like to see because it encourages me to get out there and do right. all that. But, um, the every, uh, everyday guy, you know, nine to yeah. five job and trying to get it done on the weekends. Exactly. But, uh, that's it's... why I stick to the 10 foot kayaks because, uh, they fit really nice in the back of my work van nice <laughs> so i take take the chop saw out of there you know take the compressor <laughs> out of there and then slide those suckers right in and we're good to go we're on the road so well you live at a type of lifestyle that i think when it comes to finding a mate is like such slim pickings <laughs> right it's like a game of opportunities and like you, you you work and then you isolate yourself on your free time you work and you isolate yourself in the middle of nowhere like you're not at like the bar you're not like a social setting so I'm like thinking to myself, man, like you're another multi-species guy. I'm like, it's it can be a pretty lonely world. I feel like for for like guys yeah, that like I to mean, do that kind of fishing. Right. You know, I'm not at the at the bar or whatever. I got lucky. I met Kate at the bar ten years ago. But um, there you go. <laughs> you know, but it, it is One nice. Done. It's hard. Yeah. Right. Seriously. You know, she enjoys fishing as much as I do, and um, <laughs> it's hard enough for like a five foot eight guy on a you know, Tinder holding pictures of bass. So I don't think I'd be doing too, <laughs> too hot. Like, you know, right now trying to keep up with the fishing and stuff, but um, yeah, it's worked out great, you know, and uh, the teamwork aspect, you know, keeps us kind of, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not sure if I want to do a big trip or getting the, uh, the energy to like go together, having someone else with you to like yeah. kind of pull the, uh, you know, the strings and help get you moving on it. You know, it's good. Well, I, I can totally relate because I mean, I mean, at least we've never spoken before, only on the Internet. Which right. Is like, yeah. Via it, text. Uh, I asked because like this guy needs to help me find long nose guards. So I, yeah. I was like, this is the guy. <laughs> let me let me text him real quick. But, um, you know, you can judge enough based on some things to know, like what people are about. And I'm like, OK, so this is another multi-species guy. And I, so I, I kind of feel like I exist. We probably have a lot of parallel interests or the way that we live just between our job and what we like to do but also know it's like hell man like at least for me it's hard enough to even find another dude that i want to like go fishing with because it's like you know they don't have the stamina they don't have the same interest they have the interest they have the stamina but the experience level is kind of a hindrance because right now yeah i'm stuck teaching them that and i just don't like to hang out with other people all that much so it's like hard enough to even find a dude so like the fact that you like you know have that kind of partnership one it's like you know it's like you want to have that side too like a personal life where you have relationships but then you also want to have your fishing and like if you can blend all that together man you got it made that's that's pretty awesome and it's a great partnership i, I totally agree it's it's anytime you can share that with the person that you know this ain't the love guru podcast here <laughs> right <laughs> i mean i'm married no, and i got kids i i get it a little bit but um but um that, that's freaking cool dude. that's sweet so, i mean it gives me an excuse too because you know if people hit me up to go fishing and stuff and you know I'm, I'm trying to do my own thing or i you know i'll just be like oh man you know just me i'm me and kate are going this weekend i can't bring you to that spot <laughs> or, you know, yeah it's a good excuse but you know i have a, a good um you know i have like three four close buddies that uh you know, have like similar interests. Um, not everyone's super into the kayak thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, I try to get out with them bank fish here and there, you know, with those guys, but I'd say there's probably, yeah, like maybe only one or two real close friends, um, 
that really get after it. You know, we go on, um, you know, road trips, do the, you know, multi-species yeah. kayak fishing kind of thing. So the kayak thing is kind of like what really brought me a, a higher level of interest, even, even having the conversation too, because, um, you know, I, I looked through your pace and just to kind of set the, set the tone for anybody that's listening, like, like they're like, who the hell is this guy? You're just some dude that I found on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, we're, I'm learning about you here. But, man, it's like I see you constantly on the move, loading up gear, throwing a kayak in the back of a car, and going. And I know that, like, that sounds a lot more willy-nilly than it really is. But, like, after you've made these kind of trips a few times, I've done the same thing. Right. I kind of learned that, like, you're really gambling on a lot of finances, on luck. There's, like, you're you're going into unknown waters. But then I see you with these huge stripers. I see you in the snakehead scene. I see you down here in my neck of the woods in Florida. I <laughs> see you spring. along the coast catching sharks. Like, you're all over the place. Out west, I've seen y'all doing that alligator gar stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this dude, this dude freaking gets after it. But um, I am curious just, like, you know, when I see somebody that that decides to go more the kayak route, I kind of wonder, I don't know, like like why that as opposed to like a John boat, as opposed to like a, an actual like motorized vehicle. Like what advantages has that really afforded you for well, the kind of fishing that you're doing? I mean, we we do have a John boat also, but I think I just I mean, I just enjoy kayak fishing a lot more than any other you know, way of getting really out there. I just like the fact that you're, you're kind of close to the water, you know, you're stealthy, you can kind of get in a little, you know, little areas and stuff where the boat guys can't. I mean, um, you know, there's some spots not too far from us where there's some decent pike fishing, um, in New Jersey and, you know, the kayak's kind of the perfect way to get, you know, kind of deeper into those stretches of river, you know, where guys on a John boat, you, you come across a tree across the river or something like that. And you're not, you're not really going any further, but you can pull that kayak up over the tree, you mm -hmm. know, get into some water that really doesn't get touched that often. Um, and I just think, I just think rigging kayaks is cool as hell too. I mean, I just like yeah. having electronics on it. I mean, <clears throat> we, we have the pedal drives, you know, for saltwater mainly, but, um, I have my bonafide, um, that I, you know, I've rigged up with like a motor guide trolling motor on the front with spot lock uh, for lake trout. And I got, you know, my electronics on there. And I just feel like I'm in a little spaceship when I'm on that thing, you know, like sitting in 150 feet of water, just <laughs> video game fishing off of that little rig. And oh, yeah. you know, I, I freaking love it. You know, I totally get that. I, I think I'm a, sort of the same way to where I like I feel like I don't know, maybe it's just a money thing. Like I would love to have a boat. And I always get like real close to it. And then I think like, eh, you know, that, that expense every month or, like, uh, you know, the, you know they I, say the, the best day of owning a boat is when you buy it and you sell it, you know? Yeah. But. Well, well for me, I'm just like, that is going to basically ensure that I don't do very much traveling because one, like the money is going to be cut into a lot. Like that's a lot of funds that could go towards right other trips. And then two, it's like, you don't get a boat and then not use it. And then so it's like you, you know that you're going to become pretty much married to the boat and married to your local waters, which is fine. It's totally fine. Right. Not necessarily my style, but um, more than a kayak. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like the guy that breaks stuff and like ruins things. Dude, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, a brand new boat. You get one scratch on that thing and you're like, oh, shit. You know, but. Well, definitely I, boats. And I'm not mechanically savvy. Give me something so simple and I'm like going to go get just bent over, you know 
Yeah, your yeah, your yeah. battery's not you know, know connected, and you're like, it's Some, it's broke, it's totaled, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Submarine mechanics is going to bend me over and take I, me for I, all I'm worth. And I'm like, nah, I can't have that. But I, even you know, the bust kayaks, out another J, man. I I can't see getting a boat like a you know spending the money on a big boat unless I'm going to be like running off to the canyons off of New Jersey or doing you know something uh, yeah. that I can absolutely not do on a kayak or you know reasonably not do on a kayak. Um, that's the only way I could see spending that much money it's, on it, you know. It's definitely real tempting where I'm at in Southwest Florida because it's like I, I know I need to be able to expand my reach to get to some of these certain types of I don't know more premier and more powerful fish that right. are just going to destroy me and small water craft. But the kayak thing, I love kayak fishing. It's like one of those types of genres that's always interested me, but I haven't quite got into because. While they're almost like floating Swiss Army knives now, like yeah, you can exactly. rig them out to be, I mean, amazing pieces of technology. I've leaned more into the canoe thing only because I, I'm like, I know, I feel like I'm going to spill my stuff over the sides of my kayak. <laughs> Dude, I love your canoe. When I when I was I first started following you on Instagram, I'd see you yeah. dragging that thing through like the cypress swamps and everything. And uh, I was like, this guy gets after it with his canoe, you know, catching big I'm, ass boats in and... It's because I'm very disorganized. I'm I just need a large <laughs> throw it in, it's throw a it big in floating storage bin and I just throw crap in there. Right. <laughs> if I drop my fish and it flops around the bottom of the of the canoe, I'm okay with that. But um but at the same time, it, there's like parallels there between canoe fishing, kayak fishing. You know, it affords you a little bit more stealth. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking into it too much, but it's like I don't know. I feel more in tune with the environment. When I'm like moving in small watercraft like that, when you're exactly. like, you're right there, the like the water's edge is like next to you. You're part of it, yeah. You're, yeah it's, and it's all, just it's like, just the experience of it, you know. Yeah, and it's just there's obviously all the convenience factors, but at the same time, you've pulled some really big fish. And again, I look at the variety, and that's what has taken me back. Like when I look at your page and I scroll again, it's like. A lot of people will put on Instagram, it's just like your highlight reel. It's just like, okay, this is a whole bunch of big fish. But like, what, you know, where's the story here? So I guess that what I, what I wonder when, when you got fish from Florida, fish from Texas, fish from, I don't even know where I, I immediately wonder, okay, well, where's home to this guy? Like what's home base for you? Like, what are your home waters? What's like local to you? If you were going to go fishing this weekend and just be within an hour of home, what are you typically fishing for? Well, so like the good thing about, um, I'm located right outside of Philadelphia. Um, I would say the fishing in this vicinity of Philadelphia is not necessarily that great. Um, you know, during certain times of the year, um, there'll be striper in the Delaware river. There's like a walleye scene going on. There's a snakehead scene that's actually, um, you know, more and more, um, productive in the vicinity of the city. But I think the fact that we're just kind of so centrally located is what really is, um, you know, attributes to like a lot of the diversity that you're seeing that the stuff that we're going for and posting, um, I think within an hour and a half of where we live in any direction, I could be, uh, you know, I could be in the Raritan Bay striper fishing. I could be snakehead fishing. Um, I could be in the Poconos going for, you know, brown trout, um, pretty much an hour, an hour and a half. And then also, I'm, you know, four hours to Virginia, four hours to, uh, the great lakes. So we got, you know, nice. The tributary seasons coming up. Um, so I'm pretty stoked on that. We're going to do the whole, you know, Brown trout thing. Um, 
you know, steelhead King salmon and stuff. And then, uh, you know, September, I think we're going to try to do a, like a Virginia trip for red. So, but it, you know, it's sweet that we have, uh, we're, we're kind of just in the middle of everything, you know, not yeah. too much, literally in my backyard, you know, I got like a little stalker stream in the backyard, some little stocked <laughs> rainbows and stuff, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, uh, if, if we're taking like an, if we're having an easy weekend, say, you just want to go have a fun time. We'll throw, throw the kayaks in, go for snakeheads, you know, go throw some swim baits around and frogs around. That's uh, what I gathered when I, when I looked, it seemed like there was a, a definitely a common theme between some of the snakehead fishing, the stripers. I'm like, okay, he's, you know, I, I think I know the general area where you're at, but you're like, you're, uh, that's interesting. You're kind of like in a, in a, in a perfect corridor for somebody that likes traveling like you're within range of everything yeah i'd um, say we drive probably six to eight hours a weekend um you know just just fishing we're usually fishing every saturday and sunday um which again is like a godsend that i have a, a girlfriend that's cool with that um you know we're, we're skipping out on like family stuff to go fishing and like making yeah. excuses <laughs> and i'm like you know we got to see the family sometimes but if the weather's right you know if if the barometric pressure is looking good for brown trout or if you know the wind's looking good to get out on a big lake or something like that we're like let's try to let's try to sneak out there you know well that's where some of my questions come in to like the dynamic of y'all's partnership um this isn't relationship stuff this is like strictly as a fishing right. partnership when i think of like that style of fishing, how much of it is like spontaneity versus like how much of it is like pre-planned and scheduled? Like how much of it is like, oh shit, I just feel like going and doing this. And how much of it is like, you know, oh, we got to hit this window and all oh, this migra this migration's happening right now. Well, it's definitely, um, I mean, Kate's a fisheries biologist. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, th there is like, there's the aspect of, oh, we haven't gone for, you know, this certain species in a, you know, a month or two months. I, I want to go for that, but it really is kind of planned in uh, that probably every, you know, Wednesday through Thursday, we're looking at the forecast. And um, a lot of it is based off of, you know, weather conditions and what we think mm -hmm. the best bite, you know, we're going to get on is going to be. So that is planned to some extent. Um, cause I've had enough days where we're just like, oh, hell, I feel like going, you know, going lake trout fishing or something. And it's just like zero wind, bright and sunny and the fish are just not biting. So yeah. we, we do kind of, you know, we, we try to plan for, um, what's going to be biting at a certain time. Um, but yeah, spring and spring and fall are obviously like the, the times of year where it's like stuff's migrating and it's like that's what we're doing. You know, spring, yeah. we're trying to get after the striper, you know, early when they're, when they're moving. Um, and like I said, you know, tributary season's right around the corner. So I'm going to be putting a, a lot of miles on the van driving up to like Western New York and stuff like that, uh, coming up. So, but yeah, you know, we're always, we're always like, we're like a weatherman essentially. We're always oh, looking yeah. at freaking, you know, weather underground and watching the, the barometric pressure and all this shit. So you know, that's and now the game. are, are y'all like on the same exact wavelength or is it more like a yin yang type of deal towards like, oh, you complete me. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> is she more the analytical one and you're more the like, like it, or do y'all have different roles or is it pretty much you're, you're the same? Cause I'm thinking like, like, like there's gotta be a who's who here. Like, oh, the, uh, you know, I'm not as, as much the analytical one, but oh, that's where her strength is. But I am the one that's, 
got the resolve. And when, when plans, like when things don't go to plan, I'm able to adapt and overcome real quick. Or is it y'all both pretty much the same way? Uh, Dude, after 10 years, we kind of like merged fishing minds, but I'd say she's more of like the, uh, like free spirit, like, Oh, we'll just go have a good time. You know, they'll catch some fish. And I'm like, uh, you know, but I think this is going to be better. You know, I think the bite's going to be better if we do this kind of thing. Because that's um, interesting. Because I know you mentioned that she's like a fisheries, a uh, fisheries biologist. So like uh, in- immediately, not maybe naively, I jumped to this conclusion. I'm like, okay, she must be like the data driven, like uh, analytics and like like you know reading scientific papers type of person. That, <laughs> that's she, what she does have that side to her too. But okay, I, I well, think she does it so much at in work. your back pocket. I guess. So yeah, like, I mean, she does that so much at work. I think that um. Uh, you know, she will bring up, she'll, she'll like text me and be like, Hey, like, look, conditions, you know, pressure's dropping. Like we should go off for Browns or whatever. But, um, you know, I think she does it so much at work that she likes to kind of just relax on the weekend, you know, let go out, sit on the boat, yeah, you know, catch some fish. Well, that's cool. I, I just think just like competitively, uh, or from a, you know, I don't know, from a competitive, not competing against each other, but just being more competitive as an angler and having a reason to adapt and like evolve as an angler. I think it's a lot harder to do that when you're alone existing like in your own little echo chamber. Exactly. And you don't have somebody to give pushback and you don't have somebody to give an idea of other looks. So I think just as a guy who gets out and chases different species, that's got to give you a massive advantage. But then I also wonder, I wonder how often that's leading into like an argument. <laughs> like, you know, I don't have to... <laughs> there, there's, <laughs> some, there's some competitive stuff. Uh, we're both just happy. You know, if someone's if yeah. looks up to a good fish and, you know, landing a good fish, it's all smiles and hugs. Um, if someone's, if one of us is catching way more fish that day than the other one, there'll be a little bit of a, like, all right, <laughs> yeah. you, you got to fucking relax. You got to take a seat for a second. But, um, I, I would say there, there's absolutely an advantage of, um, you know, whether it be like you're fishing, but you know, your, your best bud that you're going out with every day and fishing with that, you know, you're, you're trying different tactics. I mean, we almost never, we're never fishing the same lure ever unless something's like absolutely killing, you know, yeah. on per on purpose, we'll be throwing different colors. Um, different style lures, uh, fish in different depths. Um, cause you know, that's definitely an advantage. You figure out a lot quicker what's working, what's not working as compared to being like, I'm confident in, you know, this stick bait, this color, the sexy shad, I'm not fucking throwing anything else. That's it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like it, it definitely affords us, um, a lot more experimentation. I think that definitely you know, plays a factor in, you know, our success. Now, and again, uh, the type of work she does, I, I scrolled through some of y'all's posts and I saw one where it looked like you were actually on location in Texas, Louisiana, somewhere out that way related to like, an, like I think the, the very reason for being there was work related. And maybe it was like, had something to do with like an oil spill. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was, uh, sh- she was out in Texas. Um, this is about a year and a half ago. Um, there was like some sort of a barge spill and, uh, they actually sent her out to, um, collect fish tissue samples, um, and basically testing for like benzene and, and PFOs and PFAS, which is like, okay, that's that shit that you find in like firefighting foam and stuff like that. Um, so they were in the Houston shipping channel and, uh, you know, they were gill netting for fish 
for samples, but um, she also got to do quite a bit of um, like hook and line sampling, mm, which okay. I was pretty jealous of. Uh, you know, I, I actually I stayed home for that that one, but um, you know, she's catching alligator gar and okay, that's know, the one I saw. Yeah, yeah. and then. You know, so she's down there doing that, and then she ended up making uh, good friends with the uh, the captain who took her out down there. The you know that her company had hired essentially. So I think a month or two later, we ended up reaching out to him, and um, we ended up going back down and and staying with him down at his fish lodge down there. Um, you know, and catching big black drum, you know, red drum, um, alligator gar. Um, oh, I nice. love that was the only time I've ever been in Texas, and I absolutely loved it. You know. That's like my, that's like my, my, I don't know. I, I guess I like Florida better because it's where I live, but it was like Texas <laughs> and Florida, like my two states. But I was just, <clears throat> I saw that. I was like, man, I wonder if that means like, you know, maybe some travel expenses are paid off. Like, oh, this is work related. I'm thinking like, if I'm her, I'm like writing off all my fishing trips. Oh, dude, she tax was. Tax write-offs. Like, I, I'm at this home. This is like, research. It, like, it, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, dude, I was at home freaking watching the cats eating microwave pizza and, um, She's getting like steak and lobster dinners down there on the company card, you know. Nice. Chilling in hotels, catching alligator gar. So she 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 got some perks of the job. Oh geez. Well, so y'all's travels. I mean, uh, at what point? I you know this is kind of like I you know I've had a few other similar guys like this on, and it's like I always wonder like at what point did you get. I don't want to say the travel bug, but like it sounds like to me, and based off your photos, like the immediate area around where you live is already a very dynamic fishery. Like you've got some right. awesome stuff. The snakehead thing, I'm all about. Like I would have a hard time even getting away from just doing that every weekend. I know it's. Um, it, there's a lot of guys that just just want to go for snakehead and there's, or bass, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I actually, you know, appreciate guys that really just hunker down and put all the eggs in one basket and get really freaking good at at it, but. Right. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, you see so many anglers who, I don't know, it's they they just don't, they don't expand out. And I, I wonder if there's just more people like that that just sort of exist, I don't know, under the radar. Um, But at what point, or were you always this way, did you kind of, you know, I don't know, incorporate that into your fishing more? Like, what, like at what I point mean, did you start being like, man, I need to, I need to travel I, down to I, Florida, I, I need to. I think I've said this before, but I mean, I have like, you know, ADD with fishing. I don't think I can do, you know, two, three weeks in a row of the same thing or I'm, I'm going crazy. You know, um, I think, uh, you know, back in the day I would, it would be a lot of just cat fishing and carp fishing and shit like that. But once we started really kind of wanting to catch, you know, more, more in different species, it just ballooned into this thing where <clears throat> every year it's like, so I want to do something different. Um, and then we got into the fly fishing thing, like, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. Um, so I can kind of revisit some fish that I'm very familiar with, you know, already, yeah. uh, just yeah. on gear and try to give myself like, a, you know, make it a little more, more difficult. And it's just this whole new thing to explore. But I think that's just the beauty of the sport. Um, I don't understand guys that aren't really, I, like I said, I appreciate guys that get good at one thing, but <clears throat> I don't really understand, um, when there's like almost this never ending possibilities, um, with the sport of fishing, I don't understand how you can just do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd kind of lose my mind, you know, with it, but <laughs> that's just me. You know, everyone, yeah. everyone's different, different strokes for different folks, but you know, I, I've, you know, I like setting new goals every year. Um, 
you know, new species, new ways of catching them, um, catching them on lighter tackle, you know, everything like that. But, um, yeah, it's just, it, it keeps it interesting, keeps it fun, you know? Yeah, you I, I, I totally agree. It's like, I look at every species of fish as another, like, like point of measurement for my skill and adaptability, like adaptability as an angler. Like it's another, not to sound cliche, but it's like another puzzle to solve it's another thing right. to like have a battle of wits with yeah i'm trying to outsmart this thing that's got a <laughs> peanut-sized brain and a memory <laughs> they're, they're smart lasts. they're pretty smart for yeah. having a peanut-sized brain yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um but i i totally agree but at the same time there's millions of species of fish and you're not chasing all of them you know right. what i mean like you're not out there at least based off of what i've seen uh micro fishing for yeah. little stuff i'm but, not micro yeah you know i I appreciate that as well. Trying to get, yeah, I don't I'm, you know, I'm not trying try to catch to, them all. I may even try to get one of those guys on. I just, I don't, I don't know yet, but, uh, yeah, but I, I did circle this one point because like there has to be something about the fish that draws you out. Like, it, like what right. qualities are you needing a fish to have? That's going to pull you across, you know, state lines and right. I mean, if you travel in that far, it, it's, you'd look at Instagram and you'd say like, for pretty much everybody you'd be like, Oh, like, you know, everyone's after big fish and that's kind of the case. It's not always about like size, but I definitely, you know, the, the saying the tug is the drug. Like mm-hmm. I want, that's all I love hearing the drag go off. I just, I want to have a big animal that I don't know what it is, you know, or I have a good idea of what it is, but under the water fucking on a thin line yeah. and then pulling me on my kayak. Like that's, <laughs> that's what it's all about. I, that's probably, you know, the happiest you'll ever find me is getting towed around out there. But I, you know, we, we do tend to go for a lot of predatory fish. Um, I just think, I just think they're freaking cool, man. I mean, like, you know, you got an apex predator, um, something that's, you know, to some extent rare, you know, or, or hard to catch, you know, size wise, maybe, um, or elusive, you know, but at the same time, I know as you know, I see you carp fishing and stuff like that. That doesn't have to be a predatory fish. I appreciate, you know, carp a lot just because I mean, they're freaking, they're smart. They're smart as hell. You know, they're powerful yeah. fish. I don't think they get a lot of respect in the United States really, but yeah, well, that's, that's the silly thing is, uh, I, I love carp fishing, but you got to think we have species like native species that are almost identical to a carp. Right. But I, I get it. It's like, you know, you have fish that are gluttonous feeders that will eat something half their body length and then on the same side and that that might be like a bullhead right right that's 12 inches long trying to eat a seven inch long bait and on the same on the flip side of that you know you could go chase something like a grass carp that can be 60 pounds right but you have to dumb your gear down so small oh yeah You're using like a little ball of bread and eight pound test or something you know that has always been interesting to me because you have to compensate for the, their sheer size and strength with a right. small gear in order and to secure the bite. And it's like, man, this is grass this is carps tough. actually on the, uh, on the list for me. It's, it's hard to find in Pennsylvania. You know, there's like little pr- private ponds and yeah, crap. Well, I'm like, I don't really want to sneak into places, with, but with regards to grass carp, I've played that game a lot that, that you talk about a fish that will drive you nuts <laughs> because you've got like the pond dwelling grass carp, right? The ones that live in like the canals in South Florida. It's right. like, they're they're just not the same monsters like the ones that you see in wild rivers. Like like you know, I don't want to call them wild fish because like you know, 
I don't know. The overwhelming majority of them were all farm raised, but like, are they? Uh, are they? Are they able to breed? Are they tri-point or are they? I I think you know it's like anything else. Like I I come from a manufacturing background, and it's like you know when we're manufacturing any product, any product is going to have some percentage of quality failure, right? A failure rate. So if they're producing a hundred million grass carp in a brood, that I guarantee you they have an acceptable level of failure rate for like right. whatever whatever their process they're putting them through to sterilize them. There's no way it's a hundred percent, but then you think like, what are the odds that two, you know, two fertile fish are going to find each other in the wild? It's just like, it's just really, I don't know. It's slim, but, uh, man, I dude, like, and I know I sent you kind of in the same direction when, when you had asked about long nose gar, I grew up around the Santee Cooper system. There are grass carp in like Lake Moultrie and Lake Marion that will blow your mind. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Astonishingly big. Like remarkably giant grass carp, and these things are obnoxiously weary and difficult fish to like contend with. Like you, like to get these things on rod and reel is it will drive you insane because yeah, they're, they're massive. They got great eyesight too. Yeah, yeah, and it's like they're so keenly like aware of movement. I don't know if it's their lateral line. I don't know what it is. But I would remember fishing out there. I'm sure the bass fish. I mean, this is probably where a lot of the contention comes from. But, you know, if you drop a pair of pliers on the bottom of an aluminum boat, you, oh, just, right. you just blew out 300-yard radius of water because like, yeah. they just explode off, scare They're everything. They're so wary. Inside. I mean, it, it's uh, crazy for such a big fish that you think it has probably no natural predators when it gets to that size. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't ever understood why. It's like the wild ones, the ones in the wild, more, I say wild, again, like the more natural lake systems, river systems. Oh, God, you talk about a fish that will drive you crazy. But uh, yeah, well, I'll probably I'll probably be hitting you up again for <laughs> grass carp if I don't if yeah. I uh, can't find a good fishery for him up here. But like, and again, I gotta tell you, man, that, that long nose gar I got was that of all the fish I've caught this year. I know we both have a kind of like a love for rough fish, and I yeah. you know I, I really liked what I was looking through your profile and reading your blogs and stuff. You know, seeing bowfin and seeing you know all kinds of stuff that people don't typically go towards. Um, I always thought that like big long nose gar were just prehistorics they're so badass i almost like yeah. them more than alligator guard just i don't do something about you don't see them as much i guess it's, well, they're considered less of a game fish but i gotta say i think that long nose that i caught this uh spring was probably might have been my favorite fish this year that i've caught yeah well that was a really gnarly looking one it's like all dark and like wild looking i was like damn i'm jealous of that like I <laughs> we were banging out like you know 20 inches and stuff left and right and oh, yeah um, uh, that was a fun trip, man. I mean, it, we were, you know, in the bait shop down there trying to, you know, pick up some shiners or whatever. I had the fly rod with the, uh, you know, some nylon rope flies. Um, I didn't really have a good shot on that trip of like sight casting to them where we, you know, with the conditions we, where we were fishing. Um, but, uh, it was funny. Everyone, I'd, you'd be like, what are you going for bass? And I'd, you know, I'd say gar and they look I at learned you, cross, a lot. They look at just, you cross-eyed down there, man. Just, They're like, garfish what the f yeah <laughs> what do you want what are you doing with them i'm like i just want to catch them man. <laughs> yeah i i learned no what you need to say is i'm gonna bash them over the head where can i find these things they'll send yeah. you right to and the then i'm gonna spot. catch blue cats with them i'm gonna cut them yeah. up catch some blue cats you know uh, but geez. um we caught our first blue cat too you know oh okay there as well um yeah but yeah that was that was that was cool man that was oh, a, man that was when i trip. when i saw y'all's photos at the one spot 
that that area that I told you about, I guess so jealous. Like that's like one of my and I never really caught a I actually I used to catch a lot of grass carp there too at a certain time of year. Oh uh, right. But um yeah, that that was like one of my all time favorite spots. Like I used to take my kids out there. Like it was pretty easy. At least it used to be um pretty easy spot to catch them. But yeah, I mean when you talk about something like a, a long nose gar, again, just staying on topic with challenging yourself and be more well rounded as an angler. You think about like the industry and what's been like designed by the fishing industry to help people catch fish. It's based on like lures, the like the mechanics of the hook, the engineering of right. all the hardware that we use is not designed for a fish with that kind of no man. I bone structure. I mean, I had done some research on them and you know, I'm looking at like what kind of hooks to get when we're we're getting ready to go out for them. <clears throat> and um I was like, all right, well you know, a treble, a small treble makes sense, but mm. I'm like, you got to let them eat the bait forever. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to like, I don't want to kill them. So yeah, I ended up, I ended up picking up these tiny, uh, circle hooks. I think I, I texted you this and you were like, Oh, that's not, <laughs> that's not going to work that good. But we probably lost 70% of the fish that took our bait, you know, even waiting. Yeah. But I think the ones we did catch, I think half of them, the like line was just wrapped around their top jaw. And then the yeah. circle, the circle hook had like somehow grabbed onto the line that, had, and it kind of lassoed them. Yeah. You know, I've and, had that happen. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if they're line shy. So we're using like, I think we're using like six or eight pound test for them too. And it, it was just real fun, like super light drag and just, you know, letting them eat it for, for you know, freaking half an yeah. hour. And, that's part of the time. fun with them is like, man, like how can I up my my hookup ratio on these things? Just like this, oh, it's just you have to factor in a percentage of failure, and then like if you know if you're the type of guy that just likes to push themselves, like okay, how can I decrease that? But yeah, smaller hooks with them will always work better for me. But it's like one of those ones where it's like you know you're gonna be missing them, and but it's like not, there's not really like a market for it, right? I mean, like there's no. not like companies that are making like you know, little J hooks that have nylon rope attached to no, it. To my know. knowledge, there's nothing on the market. That, uh, like, I mean, you know, you can go on like Etsy and find some guy that's making garters <laughs> yeah. out of his garage. But, uh, you know, if you start talking about the nylon rope, which is such a fascinating way to catch a fish, you think right. about like that, like how many types of lures exist out there that are exclusive to one type of animal? Like, you know, right, yeah. there's like I'm, the nylon rope is specifically designed for one fish on the planet. And um, exactly. I always thought that was pretty neat. It's like the only other thing I can think of like that is like those squid jigs. Right. For like <laughs> we have like the, the crazy, like uh, yeah. skirt hooks on them. Uh, yeah. But you know, we, ha I think there's a good long nose gar fishery, you know, a lot closer than than that spot to us you know chesapeake watershed so mm -hmm. i think that's you know another thing we're going to try to get after more um and that's all you know that's like snakehead habitat it's all real shallow swampy stuff so i'm I'm gonna you know we've been talking about doing some trips trying to get them uh on the fly um yeah you know in the chesapeake watershed so why well, I, I have been there and i have firsthand knowledge of fishing that watershed for snakeheads and seeing the gar and i all i can tell you is you know i don't know if, you, if you're familiar with guys like grant alvis or or josh dolan very similar type of people similar type of fishing uh i don't know if y'all are connected but uh but that's like their home base like i oh, got gotcha. when i went up there i fished with those guys 
good God, you wouldn't believe how many long those are. You just have to make sure do not go there when they're like it's in spawn. Right. It will drive you insane. What's that's see... like uh, May up here, right? Or something. Yeah. And you'll see millions of them. Like, I've I'm heard... not even exaggerating. And they I've, heard, I've heard that that you can like I've heard people say you can literally walk like oh, you, you can know, walk on them. the walk on their backs. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. You could literally reach down. When we were out there snakehead fishing, it might have been earlier this year. I was literally, I'd hold my rod in the water and try to loop de loop my like line <laughs> around their snout as they drove, as they uh, drove by, as they swam by. You <laughs> can poke these things, it was ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, man. So I'm that you know, I kind of wrote this down and underlined it about the risk of failure, and I think that that's a big contributing factor to why people don't go do that kind of fishing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can put miles on your vehicle. You're you can budget it right. Like you might be the type that's like me sleeping out of your car or getting a cheap Airbnb. You know, it's it's easy to do cheaply, but there's always that like underlying that that dark looming cloud of failure. The potential of failure is always there. And I think that keeps people away. It's like, ah. Man, I got to drive all the way three states away and go after this yeah, fish when I've you never just caught. And... Do what's comfortable and, you know, go 30 minutes to your local lake and, you know, yeah. just what so you like, know. How, but... do you, how are you? How are you? I don't know, man. Like, this is kind of one of those open field questions, but like, you got to have like a research process in like in place. So it's like when you identify a fish that you said it's like the tug is a drug and say, all right, here's a fish that, that gets big, is strong, is interesting looking, has, you know, some unique characteristics i want to go chase this thing at some point you gotta get on like i don't know what you're doing google youtube what what are what are you using to make sure that you're the most prepared you can be yeah it's definitely a a lot like i'd say like we spend as much time during the week you know looking you know researching stuff and watching youtube videos and stuff as we do fishing on the weekends i think um you know everyone's there's that quest there's that you know that thing of like how much of fishing is um you know skill versus luck and Mm -hmm. um i think the big thing is just knowledge is is everything you know you got to know what you're targeting you got to know what conditions they like um that's probably the most important thing if you know where where the fish is going to be favoring to be holding and like you know where they the body of water they're going to be in and what they're feeding on at that time of the year um you know that's worth in my opinion a thousand times over um just time on the water you know everyone's like yeah. there's no substitute for time you know time on the water casting covering water but i'd rather you know take a hundred casts in a spot where i've researched it thoroughly than just go out there uh drive 250 miles and just hope for the best and just hope it all works out and i get lucky you know with a fish being there and and everything you know what i mean yeah. Well, that's the thing too. It's like the fear of failure should be the driving factor to make sure you're prepared because it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, it's true. Like yeah. Fishing is a game of opportunities, but like, there, like your preparation has to be in sync with the opportunity because you can show up super duper ass prepared with 342 lures and 19 right. rods, but you're the complete and total wrong environment. Exactly. Or you can show up to an environment of water. This has happened to me on trips. It's happened to me on alligator guard trips. And you see fish everywhere. <laughs> just rolling Hundreds everywhere. Hundreds of giant fish. And you can't catch the bait. They're just, oh, you, man. You, you, know, you ain't got bait. You're not It's prepared. just goddamn carp, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're too smart. <laughs> so it's like, 
your preparation has to meet the opportunity. And then I feel like it all just falls into place, but I, it also makes me wonder, you know, you say that you're, you're driving all these hours every weekend, you're launching kind of some of these ambitious campaigns. Have you had any trips where you showed up and just, just got your ass whooped? Like, have you got any good failure stories for me? Or for the most part, have you been able to like there's, grind it out at the end? I mean, there's been uh plenty of times where we've uh you know <clears throat> made a made a you know commitment in a drive and failed i think usually um thank god it's nothing like major it's not like you know when we go down to florida the florida keys in the spring and mm -hmm. stuff like that you know we're catching fish and it might not be the best trip ever but it's not a complete you know failure um i think uh Usually we catch some fish. I, I can't, you know, I would consider failure just being like, you know, you're going home completely empty handed and stuff like that. And I don't want to say, uh, make it sound like we're always catching fish because we, we do get skunked a lot. Um, but it's usually just, you know, if we're just on a, like a little weekend trip, you know, I'm driving, you know, an hour, two hours up, uh, to the Poconos to go for brown trout or something like that. And they're just not biting that day. Um, but luckily I don't think I've had any, uh, trips where I'm spending thousands of dollars end up yeah. in complete heartbreak. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> it's going to happen now that we had this conversation, literally the next trip I plan, it's going to happen. And I'm going to text you and be like, yo man, it happened. You oh know? yeah. Oh, trust me. I'm a firm believer of like the dark spirits that be like, you know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah, never, you know what? I got a wood table right yeah, in front of me, dude. I'm never not going to right now. Yeah. Never tell people you got the trip coming up. Like. <laughs> Dude, All we had to be a mystery. We had like a charter with um <laughs> Captain Eric Kerber, who's like a a lot of people know him in the tri-state area here. But uh and uh I we got to the dock and um we're going for Mahi, and I'm like, yo, dude, I, I just bought a vac sealer, some vac bags yesterday. And he's like, Why the hell did you do why did you do that? He's like, <laughs> he's like, now we're not gonna catch any fish because you just said you caught, you know, that's you brought a vac you bought a vac sealer, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't say you can't say anything man before yeah, you go yeah. you love the superstitions <laughs> yeah yeah you love the superstitions of an angler that's because that's that's pride speaking because failure can never be your fault you know what i mean it's like something <laughs> yeah, right. it's, you know, it's my shoes were untied dude you, yeah, know, you wore the wrong pair of socks i'm not something. super superstitious like i'll uh nah, I'm not, I'm not i'll either. get a banana at wawa in the morning you know i won't i won't bring it on the kayak or but I'll I'll eat a banana in the morning or something for breakfast. Yeah. I'm not oh, that banana thing bother. I'm not about that banana one. The only one that I'm a little bit like that is like I don't like to promote that I have like a trip coming up. Yeah. Oh, like, I don't want I, a bigger audience on that. for my failure if I fail. I'm like I'm just gonna like ninja into this, and then one day I'm just gonna like blast people with pictures. I I but, uh, I completely feel you on that. I know. Um, when we were going down to the keys, <laughs> um, I usually don't start posting anything about it until i'm like a weekend of the trip it's the tackle shop guys up the street from me like they they know that i'm going away or whatever and they'll he'll text me and be like you guys catching anything you know what i mean because yeah. i'm not posting anything and i'm like i just like to make sure i have a little buffer at yeah. least something <laughs> i don't want to be like you know epic road trip coming up and right. you know and then literally just not post anything post a sunset I know it's you know it's an ego <laughs> thing with social media and shit, but oh, yeah, it, it 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 hurts. It burns if you're gonna, you know, all your all your you know the people you talk to and stuff are seeing that you know you're promoting this thing and then it's right. just complete belly flop, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I do give myself a little a little leeway. I like to run like you know a week back, you know, week backlog of like 
uh, posts and whatnot, you know. Well, so what is one of the further reaching trips you've taken? I mean, you're this guy from Pennsylvania, and I know you just mentioned going to the Keys, and it kind of makes me wonder, like, how far away from home have you gone thus far? Like, what this far into it, what's been, like, I don't know, your biggest, like, like, most ambitious trip thus far, would you say? Furthest from home, biggest, like, key target, that sort of thing. Gotcha. So pretty much, I mean, for the most part, we just fish from everywhere from, you know, Lake Ontario to Key West. Um, I haven't done a ton of fishing out West. Um, we have some stuff planned, um, coming up this spring. I'm hoping to get out to Costa Rica Mm, and do some kayak fishing out there. Um, and then there's some other like kind of oddity trips, um, and target species that I have planned. Um, but for the most part, it has just been kind of like the, the East coast of the United States. Um, we haven't done a ton. We haven't gotten out of the country in a couple of years. So that's definitely something that's on the radar to do, you know, coming up. Yeah. Well, I, I never, will. at the time that this episode drops, I will have been out of the country for my first time, but yeah, I've never, I've never been out of the country up until now, uh, speaking, but, um, so I think of that, like, like your, your keys trip, was that the first time y'all had been there? Or is this something you do pretty frequently? Uh, Cause I, I remember seeing the posts and when you were kind of promoting that trip a little bit and I saw like the, the tarpon out of the kayaks and like, the first thing I think is like, man, that looks like that bridge where the giant like hammers always take the tarpon. Like we were close, we were pretty <laughs> close to Bahia Honda. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, that, that was a great trip, you know, um, I've probably been to the Keys six or seven times. We used to go down um, on on foot a lot. You know, we'd, we were mm. familiar with the bridge fishing in the area and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, two years ago, we s- decided to uh, start driving down with the kayaks, you know, loading the van up with, with there's like almost no room because I'm trying to pack tents, um, you know, 30 rods, tackle, you know, the kayaks, the seats and stuff like that. Um, but you know it's so like yeah it's been that was the second time going down there um and we basically would just camp on the beach in big pine key there and you know targeting barracuda in the flats and everything like that um tarpon fishing from the bridges uh you know doing a little bit of shark fishing and stuff like that but yeah you know that's a great i love it down there but i think you know after a couple of years we're trying to do something different this spring so we're looking forward to you know, maybe doing Costa Rica. Um, Thailand's a big one on my list as well. Oh yeah. I'm really, what's your, you know, what's your target there? I, I kind of want to, I, yeah, like the giant snakehead. Um, I'd love to go for like Mekong catfish and stuff like that. I, I, I would, you know, I've, I've been looking at that Gilham's resort. I know that's kind of cheating, but dude, that <laughs> place looks fo- so I've, dope. Yeah. I've been following their page. Well, you know what? Like when it comes to Mekong catfish, I don't even think you can catch them in the wild anymore. It's, I mean, I, I, my idea of, of, uh, of it is that basically it's so overfished there. Yeah. That a lot of it is like yeah. this, like, maybe you know, those pay big to fish. Rays. Right. But, um, but it seems like, yeah, at least with the Mekong catfish, that seems more like you almost have to go to one of these lakes. But, right. Um, they just don't really exist or, at least they're extremely rare, you know, the larger yeah. ones to find that. Cause it's just, they just, everything gets pounded there, you know, for the markets. But I mean, I would say <clears throat> if we were talking like dream trips, I'd love to get out to, um, 
like at some point in my life, number one would probably be going for time in, in Mongolia would be like, yeah, that's a cool one that. Yeah. I just think they're freaking probably one of the coolest fish. I, I love them. And then I also have this kind of like obsession with uh, Napoleon Rass too. And <laughs> I just want to, dude, those things are badass. Dude, those they're so, so sick. Cool. I just, I got to At some point, I got to, you know, get out to the Indo Pacific and do that too. So yeah. Well, anytime you start having like the bucket list conversation, like the the like the podcast just sort of like explodes into like this directionless uh, conversation. But it's like the funnest yeah, stuff right, right. because we can all dream. Like it's a fun thing to dream about, and everybody's got theirs. But like, like on that same wavelength too. Like the Napoleon Rass is awesome. The one that I've been looking at lately are those big giant bump head parrot fish. Have you seen right. those? They, they call them bumpies. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like kind of like in the same bucket as the Napoleon oh Rass. Gosh, yeah, that's a bad looking animal. I have so many. My my bucket list is massive. Like it's so big. But um, it's it's just funny, you know. You just wonder why more people. Again, it's like the, one of these great mysteries of like the North American angler. How few people have ambitions that go beyond their state lines or like right. their category of fish. And you, <clears throat> again, you know, see all this kind of fishing that you do. But I do gotta wonder, like, do you like do you have a species of fish for you that's kind of like I don't know, like the one, like like what's what's most near and dear to you? Like it's it's kind of like your fish. I mean, uh, that's hard. That's like kind of asking, like you know, like favorite movie or favorite song because it's like, yeah, like I, I'm like the ADD with the fish, and so it's it's <laughs> it's hard to pick one. Um, if I had to say, like, if I could only like fish for one, that's even hard. I mean, can I just say like salmonids in general, like oh, you know, yeah. trout, and you know, I, I just you know, I I love lake trout fishing. I know a lot of guys think that's like watching paint dry, you know, the vertical jigging thing on the, uh, you know, watching your electronics and whatnot. I can't get <laughs> enough of lake, lake trout jigging on, on light line. Um, and then brown trout probably are like, there's just some mystery. They're mysterious, you know, mm -hmm. like this like tiny stream in the, in the wilderness somewhere. And then oh, yeah. <laughs> there's this rare, like, you know, one twenty six inch wild brown. That's just, somewhere out there under a little root ball you know yeah. that's too smart for everybody else you know there's just something about uh browns i i really um love fishing for them and you know i just have a lot of respect for those fish they're 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 badass fish and do you have an agenda just for the remainder of the year i mean we're talking a, we, we kind of talked a little bit about you know things that you hope to do before you die but like right, what's, right. what's what's this year looking like i mean we're halfway through the well, year but yeah like and i don't know uh <clears throat> what it's like for you guys down south i think um july and august are probably my least favorite months to fish you know up the northeast i'd rather fish in january and february honestly <laughs> but um I'm, i am excited <clears throat> for like se september through december um i know we're planning to get down to Virginia, um, try to get on some bull redfish on the kayak. Uh, that's a trip that's definitely coming up. And then another one is I know, you know, the King salmon runs about to start. Uh, and I know that's kind of not really your traditional fishing. You know, a lot of guys floss and fish up there. And yeah. it's just kind of like a, it's kind of like a boys weekend, but, uh, something I'm planning to do. I want to get up to the, uh, estuaries up there on the kayak and actually, um, try to get on like a casting or jigging bite on spoons for the, the king salmon while they're, you know, staging up there. Mm -hmm. So those are two big things, probably in September, um, two trips I'm going to be doing. Um, 
And then, you know, October, November, it's probably going to be lake run brown trout doing some steelhead fishing. Um, and then as we get, you know, more into the winter time, the colder it gets, you know, some musky in between all of that. <laughs> and then Aww. it's probably just going to go down to, uh, you know, brown trout fishing all winter. So, yeah, but that's what, that's the itinerary as of now, what it's like. Yeah. Well, even down here in Florida, I'm kind of the same way. Like this time of year, it's mostly just the heat. I don't know, dude, like this, for whatever reason, this summer has been so much worse. Like the heat is unbearably It's rough bad, out but... there, man. Yeah. Oh God, but our winter fishing is phenomenal. It's I was like going to say it's, what do you got? 70 degrees down there. Yeah, it's, it's not even like everything's spawning in like January and December. And like a lot of our bigger migrations are like, you know, bait migrations that you see along the coast are usually that's more of a fall, a fall thing. Um, you know, we do a lot of the land-based Goliath stuff more in the, in the, in the winter months anyway. Uh, but yeah, I'm the same way. It's like, I, man, I'm, I'm to the point where I, I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start traveling up North during the summers because it's, it's brutal. And you, you mentioned a lot of fish I've never caught. I've never caught any of these. Well, I've caught brown trout and stuff, but you know, lake trout, musky pike. I've never caught any of those. I need to cross a lot of those off before I start doing some of these bigger travel trips. I think I'd be happy to help you out. I know, um, <clears throat> you know, we have like, how I was saying we're kind of centrally located here. I mean, we're like only an hour and a half from probably like one of the most southernmost populations of uh, lake trout, you know, if I'm, if I'm correct. Uh, but then, yeah, there's some Northern pike fishing and whatnot too, not too far away. So come on up and get them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what I was just interested in. And I know before we started recording, you know, you had brought up, this is always an interesting one to me. Like, you know, it kind of goes back, I think, to the kayak fishing thing, like being a little bit more. And I don't know if you encountered, you mentioned seeing a bear, your first bear. I don't know if you, were you in the kayak when you saw that? Well, where were you driving or were you in? No, the- I was, Um, this was last Thursday. I was, uh, I was fishing like a new um, trout stream um, up in the, you know, the Northeast Pennsylvania. Um, and I, you'd kind of hike in. It's kind of like a little, like a gorge situation. Um, and I think where I was, I was probably about like a mile from the cl- closest road, which was like the, the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Mm-hmm. And I'm just down there fishing. And I'm like, man, if I'm going to run into a bear, it's going to be, I've never even seen one in the wild. I was like, it's probably going to be here. And then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fishing this hole and I, I hear a noise next to me and I'm like, oh, it's probably a deer or a raccoon. And I look up <laughs> and 30 feet down the bank, looking through the bushes at me is a big old you know, a black bear head stared at me. And I was like, that's not good. <laughs> and then I saw she had two little cubs in tow uh, behind her. So then uh, my heart started, you know, pumping Ooh, after yeah. I saw those cubs, you know, at least I wasn't <clears throat> in between them or anything, but uh, it was pretty surreal. I mean, we kind of just stared at each other in the eyes for a good 20, 30 seconds. We were both kind of waiting to see, you know, what, what the other one was going to do. Um, <laughs> I heard, all kinds of things about black bears that they're not dangerous, but then I also hear that they're the most willing to attack. Yeah. That's what I humans, heard. Um, especially when they have cubs. So I just kind of, you know, did the yo bear thing, yelled at her a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Backed away slow. I was like, do not, you know, don't run. Don't make yourself look like prey. Um, you know, I, when I'm, you know, out fishing um, by myself or, you know, somewhere secluded, I, I do ca- concealed carry, but I, I would never want it to come to that, you know, you know, 
with a beautiful animal. Plus, I don't think the nine millimeter would really do anything anyway. Yeah, so, the noise might get them all. Yeah, just you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, that was that definitely got my heart racing a little bit. So, which I'm we fish in New Jersey so much, I'm surprised that that hasn't happened before because I know they they have like the highest population in the in the country. So yeah, that's one of the ones I've always said to people like for whatever reason, like I can be around alligators and snakes and stuff like that all day long. No problem. Even wading through the water, like waist deep alligators around. I'm cool with it. Really? I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not used to that. I'm not Florida boy enough for that shit, but something about the idea of being essentially naked. Like if you're unarmed and like you're just in the woods, like in the same, like on the same level playing field as a bear. I'm like, Ooh, but then all the guys I talk to that are from like bear country are, oh, it's nothing. I guess no big Yeah, they deal. just see them all the time. And so I'm like, well, maybe it's like their version of an alligator because down here it's like, you know, I'll step over an alligator and keep on going. It's yeah, like, they I'm, just don't. They're not really looking yeah, at it's you. Like, it's like, like it's like source. it's like a damn turtle, basically. It's like it's like it's <laughs> like seeing a bird. At some point, it's like you just, I don't know. It's just. I feel like every time I'm down in Florida, like peacock fishing or something, I'm always looking side eye and you know looking for alligators i'm always worried about it you know but i guess yeah. they're just not really that big of a threat you there's, know there's plenty to see no i've i've never i've, I've never had an issue with that I, they'll they'll get a little frisky every now and then in certain yeah. areas that get a lot of fishing pressure like they know to come take like they know they can just take your take your fish but uh, right but yeah never never had issues with that but yeah but that's interesting so we talked about you know uh, you know, some of the future plans, some of the fishing trips you want to do, do going forward. Now, when you talk about leaving the country, um, I, how much of that is like wanting to get with like an established lodge and how much of that cause is you seem very much like the DIY type, you know what I right. mean? I think that separates you from a lot of, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh man, I love traveling. You know, I love going across the country, but it's becoming, you know, you, embed yourself in some lodge and being chauffeured around by a guide, which there's nothing wrong with. Um, I think it's awesome to support people who are, you know, doing that for a living. Right. But, yeah. Uh, as a, as but, a business. But I think if it's um, a possibility to do something, you know, if, if, if I do enough research and it's, it's safe enough, you know, to, to do it DIY, um, that's the route I'd prefer to take. You know, if I'm in like, <clears throat> the Congo or Africa or something like that. I'm not going to be out there, you know, by, by myself, freaking trying to, you know, go catch a, you know, fish, but um, that's something we definitely lean towards. I mean, that's, that's the way I'd prefer to do it. You know, I don't know that uh, I, I almost feel like sometimes getting guided kind of like take something away from it in the yeah. end, but there are, there's also situations where it's like, how else are you going to, you know, it's so astronomically, you know, difficult in certain situations to go spend all that money, travel right. for a week and then try to make that happen, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like a lot of these types, of, those kinds of trips, some of the areas that you mentioned, it's like when you go into an area where you don't speak the same language, you might even be in a, in a territory that's like run by indigenous groups. Like you're right. not even legally allowed to be there. But I feel like those kind of places where you go, like, let's say you're going to like the Amazon or something, you know, you're really, I don't know, at least at that point, you can kind of like pick an outfit that's like rustic enough. Yeah. You're hiking in places or you're taking a tiny little boat, you know, yeah. 
But um, yeah, man, I'm all about that stuff. I feel like it just it just it feels like you're starting to see more people getting into being interested in that type of fishing. So it's like an interesting time right now. Um, I don't know. It's like I, I I've seen you chasing a lot of these obscure type of fish or non-game fish, and it's like right. you're seeing more and more of it. You know, it's getting finally getting promoted more and more. So it's pretty exciting times, I guess, if there's a silver lining with social media. I don't know if it's that it's like encouraging other people to do it or if it's just unveiled the people that were always doing it. But, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, even like, you know, fly fishing with carp and stuff like that's mm-hmm. got a little following, you know, that's that was never that wasn't a thing really. It's you know? definitely become a lot more socially acceptable because i guess in the past like your social <laughs> the social setting to talk about that was those old school bait shops like you're talking about in south carolina or maybe you're a little bit more likely to have people be like what the hell yeah like i got a li- crack out of that yeah you're, you're getting a lot more interest in in people online um hence me and you meeting and um and i think it's awesome uh but um i know we've sat and talked about and i'm i'm getting short on time and i don't want to eat too much of your time up but um we've sat and we've talked at you know at length about some of the fishing that you've done um you're all over the place you know what i mean like you're traveling all (laughs) over the country i know there's more rhyme and reason to it than maybe i i put off but um the kind of fish that you catch are just just freaking awesome and and like i said i appreciate you taking some time to to talk to me about it um because i want to encourage more people to start entertaining the idea of expanding beyond like their comfort zones and what they know to try different kinds of fish. But um, if somebody's interested in seeing some of the, the huge striped bass you've caught, the snakeheads, the fishing down in Florida for tarpon, some of the shark fishing, the lake trout, the list goes on. How <laughs> how can people find some of the fish that you've caught uh, like social media wise? Like where can they find you? Right. Um, me and Kate are just on uh, Instagram. Uh, it's tight lines, Philly. Um, you know, I try to post some, some video content and stuff like that to keep it interesting. Um, I don't want to, you know, it's a lot of grip and grin kind of like a, kind of like a collection yeah. of, you know, what we do. Um, but I try to keep the posts, you know, somewhat informational and, and interesting mm-hmm. to read, you know what I mean? Um, and we've thought about doing some YouTube stuff, but like we were saying with the podcast, you know, you being a dad, it's hard to find the time. That so, is a hard one. That's that's one I think in 2024 I may try to ease into, but <clears throat> it yeah. ain't going to be, uh, you know. The whole production. The, I, yeah, the, video, the I, I think video editing is fun, you know, but yeah. I, I would probably enjoy it, but it's like, yeah, finding the time. I, I think it would be more for me than for anybody else. It's like I like to capture like, I don't know, man, like my time on the water is very important to me and like right. very valuable to me. So it's like if nothing else, it's sort of like capturing you know, it's like a video journal of sorts. It's like, oh, at least you can go back and watch oh, it. But uh, I, but you I ain't mean, gonna I, see I, me out there like, in, like, it, like having confrontations with Karens and like yeah. doing silly stuff. Like, you got the video clip of the glowing fishing rod, and like, so, so therefore, I'll never ever make it as a as a YouTube. I, I don't, you know, and then that's the other thing. I'm like, does the world does I the world need do more fishing YouTube YouTubers? Uh, I don't know, you know, but um. But I, I I like what you're doing with the blog stuff, man. I read your the Gulf Sturgeon um one that you did. That yeah. was bad. That was- you know what? I'm happy. I was so happy about that. And now I'm upset about it because like I know like five guys that have gone and done it. And I'm like, damn, I'm not special anymore. Nah, right? There's always <laughs> yeah. there's always gonna be somebody else. But, you know uh, what I mean? But uh Yeah. 
I was like, oh, I guess it wasn't as much of a fluke as I thought it was. But anyway, um, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on here. I've been a fan of watching your stuff for for a while. I'm like, this dude, this this dude's awesome. Um, <laughs> Likewise, you, you, you and uh, you and Caitlin, like, and, and that's even that's even cooler. It's like, you know, may, maybe we'll do it again sometime. It's like you want to see a little bit more like the female representation in this sport as well, like authentic, like real yeah. female anglers. I'm yeah, a father she... of daughters, so it's like, you know, you're trying to trying to you know, cultivate. Yeah, there's not really or... enough of that, you know, and enough of it that's, um, you know, portrayed correctly. You know, she's actually out there tying, tying leaders and, you know, yeah. making decisions and catching fish and fight and playing fish correctly. And, oh, you know, and, yeah, and, I mean, and that's another one. If people want to go and see and, and go see her stuff, it's just like, hell my God, she's got a lot of better stuff than I've got those huge flatheads and stuff somewhat recently. I'm like, geez, like that's a real angler, not the gimmicky, you know, anyway. Yeah, not in the not in the bathing suit on the with a dead fish on the front of the boat kind of thing or something, but you know. Just you know what people's motivations are. And uh both of y'all seem to do it in a pure way. And I, that's the kind of voices that I want to have on this right. podcast. And um yeah, we, you know, it, it's it's growing. The interest is clearly there. I'm getting a lot of good feedback so far, but um but um I always want to find more guys like you. So I appreciate you coming on here, being humble enough to come on here oh man i i really appreciate you having me um and you know yeah it's just if you're not having fun while you're out there then it's you know what's the point of it so for sure everyone just do what you love yeah we'll uh we'll bounce some ideas off of each other i think we're cut from the same cloth um if you ever have some ambitions to go catch a 350 pound goliath grouper out of a kayak i know some spots Uh, i know some really really productive spots where i can guarantee you you just i don't know if you'll stay in the kayak i might have to get some outriggers you know what i mean i'll get a couple outriggers on that sucker wear a life vest but i can tell you right now i I know some spots very close to shore where if you're crazy enough i don't know man but bring a video camera because i want to watch i think i'll get you scared i'll have the gopro rolling man i know i know some spots if you want to do something insane but uh Anyway, Mike, I appreciate your time, and dude, we'll be in touch. Likewise, man. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing more of your stuff as well. All right, man. Take it easy. Yeah, take it easy. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Boundless Pursuit. Tune in each week as we bring stories and insight from uniquely talented anglers and outdoorsmen. And if you enjoyed this show, I want to hear from you. Be sure to leave a five-star review as this is going to drive the growth and exposure of this show. And if you have feedback or guest suggestions, I would love to hear from you. And you can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com. For all other collections of media and contact information, please visit www.boundless-pursuit.com.